my name is Michael Bosey. Welcome to episode number 102 of Marketing Without the Marketing, where I teach soft-touch marketing techniques for small business owners, including solo entrepreneurs and creatives like writers, musicians, and other artists, because, well, look, you are small business owners, and I want you to succeed, and I think, I think the world's a better place when small businesses thrive, and I want to give you a leg up. But here's the thing. We know with content marketing, with these soft touch techniques where we're not being pushy and all that, we're trying to foster organic growth. And let's face it, organic growth is slow. And you really got to get used to that fact. There are no shortcuts when it comes to building an audience, right? Forging real connections with real customers takes real effort. And to me, that effort is worth it. And, you know, look, most Business owners would probably agree that a good relationship and trust is going to lead to more customer conversions. So why all of a sudden do we change our opinion of this when we get online? You know, we see other people uh, using tricks or hacks or quick fixes or growing an audience really quickly or whatever. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I want to do that, too. Can I do that? And I get a lot of people, uh, prospective clients who come to me looking for these tricks or these quick fixes or shortcuts. And I got to say no to that because one, I don't believe in it. I believe it's pushy. I believe it's it's just not the way that you want to do business. And that's the whole point of this this series that I'm doing, which is, you know, all about these uh, these sort of counterintuitive lessons about running your own business, uh, the series that I'm in right now is called the new marketing and sales. Uh, and it's looking at how to take advantage of the fact that marketing's changed and consumer behavior has changed. And look, if you're using these sort of old marketing techniques, you can get more exposure. But is exposure really what you want, right? Because look, in today's world, exposure is cheap. Really, what you're looking for is to build trust. And you really can't hack the trust building process. You have to show up earnestly with the desire to serve. And I covered this deeply in another episode uh, called The Service Disposition. I left a uh, link in the show notes for you. Because here's the thing. If you don't go in with this mindset, seriously, stop now. Because content marketing is not going to work if you don't adopt this, this service disposition, as I call it. And these sort of you know, one-time approaches, I think that they're almost worthless. To me, I say, why bother? And look, I back this up too in my clients, right? My belief in this is so strong that I really won't take these sort of one-off writing projects anymore. Maybe I did that when I first started, you know, uh, trying to build a name for myself, taking the work because, you know, that's that's what I could get. But I, I say no to these now. So when I get perspectives who, who come to me and say, oh, you know, I like what you did for so-and-so, whatever, can you do uh, one blog post for me? And I say no. Because, look, here's the thing. One blog post is going to do nothing for you. It's kind of like a press release, right? You fire one flare into the air, you get some attention for it, and then it burns out. Uh, forgotten. A site that doesn't publish regular content is not going to get anywhere. So to me, I'd rather say no and have you spend your money on having 
whatever, have sales reps cold call a target list or do some other activity because I just don't think that there's much uh, there's much use in doing these sort of one-off blog posts. This thing takes time, right? This organic growth is, is, is not going to happen over one blog post or two or six or a dozen. Like you really have to go into it with a, this sort of uh, long-term mindset. Now, of course, that's totally different if it's a part of a content strategy where you're going to use this content as a business asset and there's a real plan behind it. Okay, now let's talk, right? Now I might be able to help you. But all the tricks and hacks and fixes and shortcuts, forget it. And there's this persistent thought that SEO is like this too, right? It's about tricking Google, about gaming the system. But to me, and I've said this on this podcast before, SEO is a writing problem, not a tech problem, right? There are real humans out there on their computers or on their mobile device searching for help. And SEO is about using data to understand what they're searching for. And then, of course, being ready and relevant when they are searching. You don't do this with tricks. You do this with good writing and by genuinely trying to be helpful. So let's look at a couple of the the hacks, and because I just really want to disabuse you of the notion that uh, that that this is a good strategy and is going to enhance your business. Um, these are the things that I get asked about, um, or that I see people promising online, and I just don't believe in these things. So there's there's a few of them. There's buying backlinks or buying followers, um, the sort of automated uh, direct messaging or whatever. And then there's cross-posting. Let's go through these pretty quickly because none of these are a good idea. (laughs) Okay. So uh, the first one is buying backlinks. And this is one of the more popular requests that I get just because I do SEO. And people will say, all right, well, look, I understand that there's an authority ranking if other sites are linking to you. And that is true. That's actually very important to Google. It still is. Um, but there are these sort of SEO farms that will go and build 50 sites uh, or use 50 sites that they already have, and they'll link to you. Now, Google used to be fooled by this back in whatever it was. It was like 2006, but look, this doesn't work anymore. The way I look at it is that now Google knows the you know, the bad neighborhoods of the web, if you will. And and here's the thing. What do you think they're going to do when they see all these known fake sites linking to you en masse? You just got blacklisted and your authority is going to go down. You may never recover from it. You, you might be able to. But look, this could actually kill your business. Um, you know, that's not, it sounds like a strong statement, but think about that. Here's, let me back this up. For both my own sites uh, and those uh, of my clients, uh, the incoming traffic, search is always, always, always number one, then email, and then social is a distant third. So if you're willing to sort of risk your business and cut off search as your number one thing, I just don't see any situation where that's going to be worth it. And here's the thing. The only antidote to this is to gain search results by serving up relevant content, period. Stop trying to game it. It's not, Google's not going to be fooled by this. Just produce relevant content that answers your customers and prospective customers' questions. All right, let's go on to the next thing, which is buying followers. How many times do you get these Twitter messages that are, you know, buy 10,000 followers for whatever that costs? 
or same thing where you can pay for Facebook likes or, or uh, followers to your page. Let me make this very, very clear. There are no circumstances where you should do this. I can't be more clear about that, right? First of all, it's unethical, right? It's a misrepresentation of who you are. And that's, come on, that's lame. If we're in the trust building business, we can't do that, period. But let's get into the actual hazards of it as well, right? One, what does it actually do for you, right? These are not real customers. They're not going down a real funnel. They're not ever going to pay you. They're just there to make you look good because you got a lot of followers, But listen, like with the buying backlinks, right? Do you think that Twitter or Facebook, do you think that they don't know that these are shady accounts? Do you want to be associated with that? Do you want your presence on social to be associated again with these bad neighborhoods? No. So there's a real cost to this as as well. Aside from just the misrepresentation issue, there's also the issue that you know, you're likely to have your authority go down with these, uh, with Twitter, with Facebook, with whatever social network you're on. These guys are very savvy. They know where the, the, the bad neighborhoods are and they're going to start to associate you with that. You don't want that. I mean, there's no, you just don't want that. All right. Next thing. Um, I've talked about this before, but you know, the things, uh, the sort of auto DMS, uh, I wish Twitter would cut back on this. I mean, you see this in the other social networks, but it's rampant in Twitter. You can just set up a, a, a bot. When someone follows you, you can send an automatic direct message to someone and it says, hey, uh, glad to be connected. Oh, that's nice of you. Okay, great. Uh, check out my ebook on such and such or go to my site and do this or, or hey, you know, go and like my Facebook page and I'll do the same for you. This, this is spam. If you do this, I'm going to think less of you. And look, it's not just me who's going to think less of you. Others will too. I mean, I've said this over and over again. Social is the very, very beginning of the awareness stage, right? It's a handshake. Hey, nice to meet you. Let's see if we share common interests. Let's see if you share content that I like. I hope that I share content that you like. Maybe you learned something from me. Maybe I learned something from you. It's the very, very beginning. Like we're just sort of feeling one another out and you just start asking for stuff after our handshake. It's a total turnoff. You wouldn't do this in the real world. I don't know why you do this in social too. It says that you're not, you're not really interested in being a part of the community, right? You're just interested in, in getting exposure for your stuff. And again, it's not about exposure. It's about trust. And speaking of the community issue, the, the fourth thing is this sort of cross-posting, right? I see this a lot, uh, particularly from Facebook to Twitter, where here's the mechanism, right? You post to Facebook and you have some API or some bot or some service that basically says, okay, I'm going to take that post, I'm going to fire it over, and I'm going to post it automatically on Twitter. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do this in a clever way or with a light touch, but what you see is just people using this so carelessly and using it like a fire hose where it's like, hey, listen, my, my community is going to be on Facebook. I'm going to invest all my time in Facebook. And, you know, I don't really care about Twitter. So I'm just going to fire stuff over there. I'm not going to care about it. And guess what? It shows. 
And the worst instances that you'll see of this is where you get someone's Twitter account where it literally is a bunch of Facebook links. Like there's no content to it. It's just those, you know, Facebook.me or FB.me posts and just a series of them. What do you think that says to the folks who are following you on Twitter? They say that you don't care to connect. I'm on Twitter because it's a community. And guess what? Each platform is its own community. And all you're doing is sending in a robot to spam people, right? Again, that's, what does that serve? The only outcome on this is that people are going to think less of you. They think that you're just there to force your stuff on them. Who wants that? Nobody. These cues, if not handled very, very carefully, tell people that it's fake and they're going to write you off. And you know what? If you engage in these activities, look, you deserve that. You deserve to be written off. And I'm sorry, I know that's that's harsh, but I'm just saying, listen, get in this game for the trust aspect of it. You want to be really soft touch. Consumers are different now, right? They can find out more about you. Just getting awareness is not going to help. We tend to start to think that it's just about the numbers, right? Because that's the way old marketing was looking at these sort of sometimes superficial or artificial indicators like follower counts, website hits, whatever. Look, I'm not saying these things are not important, but they're only indicators. So take social, right? Why is it that we tend to minimize social media? Is it, is it because the results are harder to see or that, uh, or that bad uses of the platform are more obvious or, or that we think that the connections formed are weaker or more shallow? Is that what leads us to doing these sort of bad behaviors? I mean, look, these are just tools to connect with people. It's how you use them that makes all the difference. And social media is such an important part of any content strategy. Yes, I said it was third behind search, behind email. Okay, that's fine. But it's still important and you have to take it seriously. And it, it requires strategic planning, a carefully constructed set of tactics, can't just go in there willy-nilly start posting you got to build your plan around you know very clearly articulated business goals you got to set metrics and measure your success and i'm going to do a whole episode on that uh on this whole concept called marketing and the experimental mindset uh subscribe if you want me to remind you all right now let me take a quick break Uh, Just to tell you that you can learn these things, especially if you are a writer, musician, or visual artist, with my new course that's called Create Biz, which is teaching content marketing to you creatives out there. We just finished the launch last week, and we got lots of people signing up at a really good clip, and it's really exciting. Um, It's just gratifying after two years of work to see this sort of come through. So um, the course is 42 video modules dozens of worksheets and templates and assignments to help you get focused and efficient in building an audience for for your work. And look, if that's not you, if you're not an author or a musician or visual artist, you probably know someone who is. So please forward this to them because listeners of this podcast get a a discount and use this special link, createbiz.com slash MWM for marketing without the marketing. And I left a link in the show notes to make that super easy for you. All right, back to the big lesson in this episode, so we're bringing it all home, right? No shortcuts. Seek efficiency instead. 
And to me, that comes in, in, in two flavors, right? What can you optimize and what can you offload? For optimizing, you know, can you systematize a process? Can you, can you carefully automate some of your social posts with a little nuance? Or can you set up email nurture sequences to move a customer gently down your funnel? These are not hacks, right? They're, they're more about being smart and savvy. And here's the key. With some empathy, the human element always has to be present, even when you're optimizing. And then, you know, with what you can offload, you know, sometimes you can offload some of the, you know, take the operational tasks, uh, right? Like the uh, taking your tweets and, and, and queuing them into Hootsuite or Buffer. Uh, but here's the thing. This is the voice of your business. It's your voice. So... You might get help with the operational aspects of queuing those tweets. But you don't want to leave that to someone else to write that, right? To write and deploy. You want to have some control over that. You want it to be in your voice, right? You don't, and, and look, you don't want to risk, uh, you know, losing that potential connection out there in that awareness phase of social. You don't want to risk that with a half-assed effort, or just by offloading it to some junior staffer, right? Look, even if you hire some help, and it's okay to hire some help, obviously, make sure that you're driving the strategy. That's that's the really the message here. Make sure that it's you and your voice. I mean, this stuff is really, really important. It is your business. It's your voice. So really, really important. All right. I think I'll stop there. I think you get the point. You know, organic growth is going to take time, but it's going to be worth it. And you got to do this in a very soft touch manner, which is what I teach on this entire podcast and in my Create Biz course and what I teach to my students at Emerson College. And the next episode in this series is going to be really devoted to that, that, uh, that concept. Just that soft touch marketing is more respectful, okay, but it's more effective too. So let me prove that to you next week. Uh, and until then... Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you and the attention that you give me each week. Uh, See you next week.